Okay. It's good to be with you tonight. Brother Dwayne asked me to fill in a couple weeks ago that they was going to be gone and out of town, and I've wrestled around with different things and ideas of different things, and about 30 minutes before I left home, I changed it. So anyway, we'll, we'll do it again. It's good to see Todd and Connie back there. Uh, believe it or not, I knew them when they were young. I was too. <laughs> Yes. Let's see. And, well, uh, yeah, before they came here, I guess, uh, 1987, I guess, I uh, moved on, and I had been their pastor down at uh, Vision, where the associational office is currently, and uh, so anyway, it's been a day or two, and I don't know if our paths have crossed where I've actually gave the message anywhere uh, since then or not, but so it's good to see you here tonight, and uh, good to be a part of the service tonight. I was talking about, uh, or the song was about uh, trembling like a leaf and having some fears. Well, believe it or not, we're wanting to talk about fear and faith. And I have an acrostic that I use for definitions of the word. F-E-A-R, forget everything and run. (laughs) And F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all, I trust him. In the book of Timothy, or 2 Timothy, Paul was facing his own execution and martyrdom, and he was writing to young Timothy, and he says, I remember the real, genuine, unfeigned faith of your mother and your grandmother, and also your own. And of course, Timothy had been a right-hand man with Paul throughout much of his missionary activity. But Paul, or Timothy, was somewhat like I was, uh, somewhat timid and shy and bashful. Uh, I was shared with Brother Dwayne the other day that when I first began preaching, I preached with my eyes closed. And uh, one embarrassing time, I was at a, actually down in way south Pope County at the Massac County line, Bay Valley Methodist Church, and I preached the whole sermon, and I was standing here this way when I opened my eyes, and they were out there. <laughs> so anyway... So I needed some of that reassurance that Timothy needed, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And then we think about how Jesus so many different times spoke to his disciples and told them, you know, don't be afraid. It's me. You know, he came walking to walking on the water to them. They thought he was a ghost. They was afraid. He said, don't be afraid. It's me. And of course, then Peter, you know, opened wide his mouth, insert foot, and he says, well, Lord, if it's really you, bid me come to you walking on the water. Well, Peter got out of the boat, stepped down on the water, and began to walk to him. And then he began to rationalize and think, and he looked all around on both sides. He heard the winds, felt the waves splashing at his feet, took his eyes off Jesus, and Immediately, he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. I believe he was a little bit afraid, a little bit of fear. He had nothing to stand on but water, and he couldn't. So all he could do was cry out to God, Lord, save me. And real salvation is like that. When we come to the end of our rope, 
And we let go and let God do all the saving. So many times we try to hang on to the rope and claw and scratch, trying to be religious, trying to be moral, trying to be a person of character, going through all the routines of religiosity, being a good Pharisee. But we really need to come to the end of our rope and let go and let God. In the book of Romans in chapter 4, we have a testimony about a man's faith named Abraham. Now Abraham had believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. But what had he believed? He had believed something that was totally impossible at his age, at his wife's age. She had been barren all their lives. They had wished for a child all these years. He had believed God and now it had been 25 years and they still didn't have that son. But he believed God. Romans 4.18, he says, Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken? So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. So real faith is being fully persuaded that what God has promised, he is able and will perform. When we think about fear, there's many different labels. I've got a few here. A lot of them I can't even pronounce. One of the number one fears, of course, is speaking before a group of people. It's number one of the top 12 fears, according to the polls and surveys and whatever people do. And it's got a big fancy name called topophobia. Okay. Then another number two fear is the fear of height, acrophobia, you know, like an acrobat. Uh, recently, we have the, what is it, the Lequil, no, no, not that name, Walinda's, isn't it, yeah, that did the tightrope walking across, I forgot now what it was, but anyway, well, his grandpa had walked the wire for many years, and one night, he was just restless, and he was threatened over that walk. His wife said he had never done that before. But that night, he was petrified with fear. And believe it or not, the next day he actually fell to his death. Fear had overcome him. After all those years of walking the wire, he fell to his death. He got his eyes off of the wire where he walks and focuses. And he got it on his nerves and began to fear. And he fell. Another fear is entomophobia, like entomology, fear of bugs. Adophobia, financial fears. And bathophobia, I bet you all know what that one is. You got a fear of a bathtub? Well, fear of a deep water. And then there's fear of disease, pathophobia. Fear of death, thanatophobia. Fear of flying, aerophobia. Fear of being alone, monophobia. 
fear of dogs, sinophobia, fear of driving or riding in a car is called Herbie. No, it's Ochophobia. Remember the Herbie cart? Remember Ocho? Ochophobia. And then there's number 12, the fear of the dark, nyctophobia. I thought it was fear of cigarettes, but no. <laughs> so there's all kinds of fear. In the book of Hebrews, it talks about the fear of death, that people were in bondage all their lives to the fear of death. But Christ came to set us free from that fear of death. And the psalmist says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So God has eliminated that fear of death because we have truly been fully persuaded that God is able to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day. We can face death. We can face heartache. We can face trials because we're fully persuaded that what God has promised, he is able to do. Fourteen times Jesus speaks and says, do not fear. There's 65 fear nots in the Bible. And there's 33, do not be afraid. So we have a tendency to fear. But what is really fear? It's being insecure. Not sure of what's going on. It's insecurity. In the book of 1 John, he says, perfect love casts out fear. You know, if you're secure in love, you're not afraid. As a child in his mother's arms, he feels security, feels love, feels safe. We're safe in the arms of God. He has promised to keep us through all these things. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. In Hebrews 11, we have the great faith chapter where people forsook all and trusted him. But he says in verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh unto God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Coming to God in faith, you expect him to hear something. You expect him to care. You expect him to respond. We found Jesus testifying against his own hometown. He said he could not do there many miracles there because of their unbelief. Our lack of faith limits what God will do. We need to walk on the water as Peter did. We think about all the other disciples. They sit in a boat. Jesus says, Lord, if it's you, bid me come walking on the water. He had a vision. He had an idea. And he got out of the boat and he did walk on the water. And even though he began to sink, he cried out for help. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. And they together walked back to the boat. Another time the disciples were at sea earlier, previous to this occasion. And a storm had come up and Jesus was actually in the boat with them, asleep. And they thought they were going to be swamped and they were going to perish. They were scared to death and they cried out with fear. And Jesus rebuked them. Why are you so fearful? Why are you afraid? Oh, ye of little faith. We all have faith in God. But how big is our faith? 
Paul was writing, he says, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to his power that works in us. There's not anything that God cannot do. Remember when the God spoke to Abraham back in Genesis? And he says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Stop and consider by the word of God all creation was made. Out of nothing, he created all things. God's word is all powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It can pierce and discern between the thoughts and intents of our heart. He knows what we desire before we ask. He knows what we really want, even though our words don't come out right. In Romans 8, 26, he tells us to pray in the spirit with, that we can't even utter the right words, but he knows our hearts and knows what we really desire. And God enjoys hearing and answering our prayers. Sin enters in and causes lack of security. Adam and Eve were perfectly safe in the Garden of Eden. Safe and secure. But after they sinned, they went out and hid themselves from the voice of God. And when God confronted them, he says, what are you or what were you doing? And he says, well, we heard your voice and we were afraid. That security was broken because of sin. Sin brings insecurity and fears. But God came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he says those that believe and receive Christ as Lord and Savior receive the Holy Spirit as a sign and a seal and that we are kept until the day of redemption. And that we can be confident in this very thing that he hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God will never quit or give up on us. Again, in 1 John 4, 18, he says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So in other words, he's saying if we are in complete security in Christ's love, then there is no fear. There is no fear. And the fear of the unknown, because we trust him. He is in control of all things. When we don't understand, he knows. We find in Proverbs, to trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not into thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. When you don't know which way to go, you trust him. When he's the shepherd guiding you through the pitfalls, through the rocky crags, follow his steps day by day, moment by moment. All the snares of the devil that are out there, he can guide us through just like a minefield. He knows where they're at and he can lead us safely through. Again in Isaiah 12 and verse 2, he says, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength. He says, I will trust and not be afraid. It's a decision we make. We just choose to believe God. Here's a little quote that I found somewhere way back when. It says, fear 
makes the wolf bigger than it really is. We think about the devil as the roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. And he loves to puff up and amplify himself. And we cower in fear against him. I can't remember the movie or the program, but way back when our son Josh was little, it had the wolf jumping through the glass window into the cabin. I don't know, the wilderness family, something, one of them like that. It petrified him for a long time. That wolf, really bigger than it is. Here's a quote from Zig Ziglar. He says, fear is the dark room where negatives are developed. Sometimes our fears are quite profound and deep. Sometimes they're very simple. They're the negatives are developed. All the griping, all the complaining, all of the finding fault is from fear and insecurity. God is able to do exceedingly above, above all that we could ask or think. The storms of life that the disciples faced, God is there in the boat with us, keeps us safe. It says, oh, you have little faith. We can be in the midst of the sea or we can be walking on the water. Wherever it is, God is with us. Even after Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water, Jesus says, oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Many of us as Christians, we start down the road with good intentions and we believe God, but then the heartaches and the trials and the difficulties of life get in the way and we begin to question and doubt and says, God, did you really mean that? Just like Abraham and Sarah, God promised it, he believed it, but years passed and no son, they got together and cooked up a scheme, well, take my handmaiden Hagar and maybe that'll work. Or then they'll do this and that way. We try to help God out in our way, in our time. And it causes us more trouble. We need to trust God and wait. We're challenged to have courage. In Numbers chapter 13, we have the 12 spies that were chosen to go into the promised land. To go spy out the land and come back and give a report. Well, they spied out the land and they found the grapes so big they had to put it on a pole and carry it between two of them. The great land, a land flowing with milk and honey like God had promised. But when they came back to give their report, they says, yeah, there's a lot of blessings out there, but it's going to be hard. Why, the people are very strong. They live in walled cities. And besides that, they are giants out there. And we're just grasshoppers in their sight. Our own perception of ourself compared to the demons of evil out there. We think about the Satan himself as this giant roaring lion. But God has promised us that the gates of hell could not prevail against the church. He told us to submit ourselves unto God and resist the devil and he'd flee from us. But we sit back in fear like Saul did when he faced the giant Goliath. They were petrified in fear. The giants over here, Israel over there, big valley between. 
taunting them, daring them. Won't you come and fight with me? And then young David, who was anointed already by the prophet Samuel, he heard this and says, this is a disgrace to God. He's blaspheming God. Isn't there somebody who will stand in the name of God and do something? His brothers, his older brothers, his big brothers made fun of him. He says, shut up, little brother, go home. You need to go back and watch the sheep. Leave the fighting to us. But you know the rest of the story. David went out, and in the name of the Lord, he slew the giant. It was not in his own might or in his own strength, but he says the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hand. When we go to fight, we need to realize the battle is not ours. It's not flesh and blood, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit of God at work in and through God's people. He had promised that greater works than these, greater works than what Jesus had done, the church would be able to do because there's more of us and empowered by the Spirit of God. The whole world was transformed in 300 years from 12 apostles, 120 in the upper room, to becoming the official religion of the Roman Empire. Persecution, trouble, trial, arrest, jail time, beheadings, all these things were there, but the church marched forward. We think about the Muslim world like Iran today. The greatest revival is going on in Iran. People are turning to Christ in great numbers in Iran. Whereas in other parts of the world, the Muslims are killing the Christians and they're leaving from Syria to, uh, <laughs> I want to call it Babylon, but Iraq and all these other places. But yet under the persecution, the church grew. We are in a, have been blessed too much and we've grown used to things. Sometimes we need little fiery trials to make us strong. But anyway, the spies gave an evil report, but Caleb answered. He says, Rebel you not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land. Their defense is departed from them. The Lord is with us, fear them not. Joshua and Caleb, the only two of that generation that survived the judgment of God for their unbelief at this time, he stood up and he says, Hey, God is with us. Don't be afraid of them. God had done all the miracles breaking them out of Egypt. God had did all the miracles supplying their need for 40 years in the wilderness. And he says, why are you afraid? In Joshua chapter 1, after the death of Moses, God appeared to Joshua and he says, As I was with Moses, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee or forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law and not depart from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. He says, meditate in the word day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. He says, feed on the word of God every day that you might obey it, that you might do it. A few years back, the state of Kentucky banned the posting of the Ten Commandments because the children might read them and obey them. That was their logic for taking it down. 
but be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. God's telling young Joshua, he says, hey, just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Let's go. And they marched on to the walls of Jericho and on. God gives his words of challenge and encouragement to the church. In Matthew 28, he tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's probably Mark, but either way, the Great Commission. And he says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God promised the church, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That authority, that power is of God. And it's given to his church to go forward against evil. We shouldn't be fearful and running. But we should be marching forward. Even if we're surrounded, we're not defeated yet. Even if we're pressed, we haven't been pinned. Even if we've been knocked down, we haven't been knocked out. Even if we've been chased after, we haven't been caught. That's part of a sermon I heard from Jack Hiles way back when. It stuck with me. And he's talking about the fact that, hey, we've been persecuted all around. But God still gives the victory. So God is able to keep us even to the end of the age. 2 Timothy 1.12, he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Speaking about his own death, Paul was facing execution. He wasn't afraid. His well-being, his soul was committed to the care of God. Philippians 1.6, being confident this very thing, that he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God ain't going to quit on us. He ain't going to give up and say, you blew it one time too many. Kick you out. Ephesians 3.20, he's able to provide, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to his power that worketh in us. 2 Corinthians 9.8, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. All isn't laundry detergent. He says, I want to give you all things, all ways, all sufficiency, abounding. So many of us Christians think we've got to just squeak by. I had another little story somewhere along the way about a man that was crawling across the river on the ice. Back 100 years ago, the Ohio River used to freeze up. They'd drive horse and team buggies across the river when it froze, as before all the navigation dams would hold it deeper water and whatever. But the people used to do that all the time. You watch ice road truckers on the History Channel, okay. But anyway... So the story goes, this guy was creeping and crawling across the ice, all sprawled out in fear, constantly thinking he was going to break through the ice. And just as he got across and began to stand up, here come a team of horses and wagons with a load of pig iron driving across the ice. He says, we like Christians, we go through our Christian life just squeaking by, thinking we're going to sink at any minute. When God's authority and word is holding us up forever. God's word, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised he's able to keep. He could have walked across that and flew across it, whatever, in no time at all. 
but because of fear, he crawled. We need to have the boldness and the courage to go forward against Satan. When the children of Israel followed Joshua against Jericho and the walls came tumbling down, think about all the times God intervened against the enemies of Israel and they all woke up dead one morning. 185,000 woke up dead that morning. Time and time again, God intervened. Follow him. Philippians 4.19, God is able to supply all your need according to his riches and glory. God is able to protect us in face of battles no matter where they're at. Romans 8.37, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded that, persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing can separate us from the love of God. If God so loved us while we were sinners, think how much more he loves us now that we're his children. What about Daniel and his friends in the fiery furnace? Command was given to bow at the sound of music. Give worship to the king. They refused. They were brought before the king. They still refused. And they said boldly, Our God whom we serve, He is able to deliver us out of thy hand. But if not, let it be known, O king, we still not bow to your image. The king got mad. Had the gas turned up in the furnace. Had them thrown in. The guards that threw him in died from the heat. These three men in the midst of the fire, the only thing that burned was the ropes that bound them. They came out without the smell of smoke on them. But guess what? There was a fourth man in there, the Son of God. When we're in the midst of trial and trouble, remember that God is in it with you. No matter what, even if we don't understand, He's right there with us. I will never leave you nor forsake you. What about Daniel in his old age? As his custom was, he prayed three times a day looking toward Jerusalem because of promise that was given at the dedication of the temple that if my people are in captive land and look back toward Jerusalem and pray that God would hear their prayers. Well, the trap was laid. They knew Daniel would pray. The law was passed that they couldn't. But then the old king didn't really want Daniel in the lion's den because he had been a good advisor to him and trusted him. And the king asked, he says, Daniel, that God you serve, is he able to deliver you? Daniel was thrown in the lion's den overnight. The next morning the king came out and cried out with a lamentable voice, it says. And Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God has shut the mouths of these lions. His enemies were thrown in and they were torn to pieces before their bodies ever hit the bottom of the cave. David, we already talked about against Goliath, Joshua in the battle of Jericho, Moses against Pharaoh. God is able to give us victory no matter what the circumstance of the situation. 
We don't always know what his idea of victory is, but we can trust him, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm going to try to quit. 1 John chapter 5. I want to read a few verses there, and I'll, I'll try to quit. 1 John chapter 5. It's way back here somewhere. 1 John chapter 5. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begot loves him also that is begotten of him. So if you love the Father, you love the Son. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Victory was won the very moment you believed and trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God will keep us safe and secure in his hand. Nobody is able to pluck us out of his hand until the day of redemption. We are safe and secure in the arms of God. We just need to trust and obey Paul or John writing in the book of Revelation says to the church of Philadelphia, the church of brotherly love, I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and has not denied my name. He says, I've given you a door of opportunity. I've opened it. Nobody can shut it. Go. Tell the world about the love of God. The lukewarm church, the next one on the list, makes God sick. They don't realize they need the power of God. They don't realize they need to go through the fire and be refined. They're trusting in wealth. They're trusting in self. They're trusting in other things. But we need to forsake all and trust Him. And then if you haven't trusted Christ as Savior, He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man will open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. If you haven't received Christ as your Lord and Savior, do it even now. I want to ask us to stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful for your word that it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. And Father, we know that your word will go forth and accomplish the purpose for which you have sent it. May it be an encouragement to each one of us to walk by faith and not by sight. And forget all of the fears that are there and learn that we can trust you no matter what the circumstance of life. And Father, if there be that one here even tonight for some reason that hasn't got it clear, tonight would be the night that they would truly pray and ask Jesus Christ and trust him as their Lord and Savior while we stand to sing.